We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go, episode 492 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. And if you own a Rui Hachimura Wizards jersey, uh, that jersey now is outdated. Although I guess you could say, hey, that now is a classic Wizards jersey. Uh, But Rui is gone. Uh, The Wizards on Monday evening announced having traded Rui Hachimura to the Los Angeles Lakers as yet another former Wizard now is on the Lakers. You know, the Lakers now have the following former Wizards. Rui Hachimura, Russell Westbrook, Thomas Bryant, and Troy Brown Jr. The Lakers' plan to get LeBron James another NBA title, apparently, is to reconstruct the Wizards of 2019 to 2021. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. I, later in the show, will discuss the Rui Hachimura trade. Yet another trade by our Wizards. You know, they make a lot of trades, okay? The trades never seem to actually lead to anything in terms of significant team accomplishment. But hey, the Wizards do make a lot of trades. Uh, the Wizards know how to make trades. It's the winning, that gosh darn thing called winning, uh, that they have a hard time with. The damn Washington Wizards. Yes, thank you, Stephen A. Smith, as we are once again in the midst of a lackluster Wizards season. I have a very relevant guest coming up on the show. Business journalist Josh Kussman of the New York Post He on Monday broke some rather notable news for us as Commanders fans. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos may be selling the Washington Post. This in an act of appeasement for Commanders co-owner and co-CEO Dan Snyder, who we believe does not want to sell the Commanders to Jeff due to Dan's longstanding feud with the Washington Post. Now, I have to tell you, when I first saw this story on Monday morning, I was like, huh? A, why would Jeff Bezos, in being worth $120 billion, ever have to appease anybody? B, 
what exactly would Jeff selling the Washington Post do for Dan? I mean, the damage that the Post has inflicted on the Danny is done, okay? The Post getting new ownership isn't going to undo the damage that the Post inflicted on Dan. The Post getting new ownership isn't going to change anything for Dan. But then I remembered something. We're talking about Dan Snyder, a.k.a. the Danny, a.k.a. Danny Boy. You don't apply logic or rational thought or coherent or sober approaches to Dan Snyder. What makes no sense to us may make perfect sense to him. And so, yeah, I could see in the twisted mind of Dan Snyder, him seeing Jeff Bezos selling the Washington Post as some sort of concession that would make it okay in Dan's mind to sell the commanders to Jeff. But anyway, all you need know about this unusual but perhaps very significant development in the sale of the commanders is coming up via my conversation with Josh Kosman. Uh, Next segment, I will hit on some Commander's news from Monday, including a uh, rather pertinent item regarding the Commander's offensive coordinator search. And uh, late in the show, I will talk Hokies. A very needed win for Virginia Tech basketball on Monday night. The Hokies snapped their seven-game losing streak with a 78-75 win over Duke at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I have received a lot of tweets in response to what I tweeted about on Sunday night and talked about on Monday's show, episode 491, that the success of San Francisco 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy, who the Niners, of course, took with the very last pick in the 2022 NFL draft, is the latest example of how wrong NFL teams still are on quarterbacks in NFL drafts. And that this should be remembered whenever you hear or read someone dismissing or discounting commander's quarterback Sam Howell solely on the basis of him having been taken in the fifth round of the 2022 draft. A tweet from a friend of the Al Galdi podcast, Scott Jackson, the host of the Commander's postgame show on the Washington Commander's radio network, writes, Scott, also why you got to keep drafting quarterbacks too. Uh, Yeah, I completely agree with my pal Scott on that. If you are a franchise quarterback needy team as the Commanders are, you keep taking swings at quarterbacks, especially in NFL drafts, until you connect on a franchise quarterback. Uh, I do want the commanders to take a quarterback in the 2023 NFL draft, and I would have no problem with the commanders spending a first-round pick on a quarterback in the 2023 draft. A tweet from another friend of the Al Galdi podcast, the mysterious Kyle Smith for GM. Uh, A writer for Hogshaven writes Kyle Smith for GM. It's as much or more about fit as it is about talent. Uh, There's no doubt that fit is a big part of the success of any NFL quarterback. Brock Purdy right now is in a great situation, right? A terrific supporting cast, uh, a very good head coach in Kyle Shanahan, a former Redskins offensive coordinator in Kyle Shanahan. But uh, Kyle is one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. And I do think that people now are in agreement on that. Because if you remember when Kyle was with the Skins, you heard a lot of complaining 
about Kyle and how he was only the Skins offensive coordinator because his daddy, Mike, was the executive vice president slash head coach. Uh, yeah, that take has not aged very well. Uh, tweet from Duke. I've said it all along that judging Howell by his draft position alone is just simply unfair. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, tweet from Andrew Ross. I watched number two overall pick Zach Wilson bomb all year. The scouts aren't correct enough. Uh, no, they are not. Uh, tweet from TD. Sam Howell was predicted to go in the first round and should have. We got lucky. He dropped to us. Uh, yeah, that's why I've said that Sam Howell is not your normal fifth round quarterback. Uh, he in the 2021 offseason was viewed as a likely first round pick in the 2022 draft, and even as the potential number one overall pick in the 2022 draft. Very few quarterbacks taken on day threes of NFL drafts were ever viewed as potential first round picks, let alone potential number one overall picks. Uh, Tweet from Eric, I promise if Howell is given the chance and the team builds up the offensive line, the team will be in the playoffs next year. Uh, Tweet from Tim Western, Purdy is good, but some of this is Shanahan's scheme too. Absolutely. My point is not that Brock Purdy is a great quarterback. We need to see more. My point isn't even that Sam Howell will be a good quarterback. We need to see more. Heck, it's not even a certainty that Sam will even be the commander's starting quarterback for next season. There's a lot that's still to be determined. My point is that NFL teams are wrong on quarterbacks in NFL drafts quite a bit. And so the round in which a quarterback or any player was drafted needs to be considered with the idea of, yeah, NFL teams are wrong on players in NFL drafts a lot. Uh, Three of the four NFC quarterbacks in the divisional round of the playoffs and five of the seven NFC quarterbacks in the playoffs overall were non-first round quarterbacks. Brock Purdy, your 2022 Mr. Irrelevant, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, 2020 second round pick, the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, 2016 fourth round pick, the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, 2012 fourth round pick, by yes, the Skins, uh, and the GOAT, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, 2006 round pick by the New England Patriots. Are all of these guys outliers? Yes. The overwhelming majority of non-first-round quarterbacks do not become QB1s. But all of these guys also are reason to believe that Sam Howell proving to be a legitimate QB1 for the Commanders is not some ridiculous notion. Well, great to have you with us. Uh, Did you know that you can subscribe to the Al Galdi podcast? You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, A subscription to the pod costs you nothing and make sure that you never miss an episode. Also, ratings and reviews do help out the podcast a lot. You want Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. You can pass judgment on this podcast. Uh, Five-star ratings are very much appreciated, and you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review can be just a sentence or two. Can be more, but uh, does not have to be. A few news items on the Commanders before we get to Amazon founder and potential Commanders buyer Jeff Bezos potentially selling 
The Washington Post, and we're going to talk about that with the man who broke the story, business journalist Josh Kosman of the New York Post. Uh, the commanders on Monday morning did officially announce that they on Monday were interviewing Miami Dolphins associate head coach and running backs coach Eric Studisville for the commanders' offensive coordinator vacancy. So the guys who have officially interviewed for the team's offensive coordinator job so far are former Cleveland Browns and former New York Giants head coach Pat Shermer. Commanders quarterbacks coach Ken Zampezi, Atlanta Falcons quarterbacks coach Charles London, and now Eric Studisville. Uh, by the way, regarding Ken Zampezi, NFL insider Albert Breer of the MMQB, he in a piece that came out on Monday afternoon had the following quote, a lot of people think Ron Rivera is going to hire quarterbacks coach Ken Zampezi to be the commander's next offensive coordinator, end quote. Uh, I know that that has been a suspicion that head coach Rod Rivera is eyeing just elevating Zampezi from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator. I mean, none of these names are what you would call super inspiring. There is, though, a lack of information that we have with a good number of these guys. Like, I mean, who on the outside knows with any kind of certainty whether Charles London or Eric Studisville would make a good offensive coordinator. I would, though, say this about Ken Zampezi. If the commanders truly are thinking Sam Howell as their QB1 for the 2023 season, it would not be a terrible idea to try to keep as much continuity as possible and just elevate a guy in Ken Zampezi who has been on the team for multiple seasons now and who does have a good track record of developing quarterbacks. So something to think about. Uh, But yeah, that was notable that uh, Albert Breer had that in his piece on Monday afternoon. Uh, Also, we on Monday had yet another honor for commander safety and special teams ace, Jeremy Reeves. Uh, He on Monday was named to the Pro Football Riders of America's All-NFL team as its special teams ace. So if you're keeping track, we now have four major honors for Jeremy Reeves for his special teams work in the 2022 season. He, on December 21st, was named to the NFC Pro Bowl team as its special teamer. He, on January 11th, was named one of two core teamers on the NFL Players Association's first-ever Players All-Pro first team. He, on January 13th, was named to the Associated Press's All-Pro first team as its special teamer. And he, on Monday, was named to the Pro Football Riders of America's All-NFL team as its special teams ace. Uh, Not bad. Uh, The only other commander who was honored by the Pro Football Riders of America on Monday was interior defensive lineman Deron Payne. Uh, He was named to the PFWA's All-NFC team. And then there is this. So you've probably heard me talk about wins above replacement war in baseball. Uh, There now are various versions of war for the NFL Uh, Pro Football Focus has a version of war for the NFL. Sports Info Solutions has a version of war for the NFL. Making the rounds on Twitter on Monday was a chart of qualified NFL quarterbacks wars per Sports Info Solutions for the 2022 regular season. Uh, The qualifier was a minimum of 200 pass attempts. Uh, There were 33 qualified quarterbacks. (laughs) you know where this is going. The commanders had two of the five worst quarterbacks in the NFL uh, in war 
for Sports Info Solutions for the 2022 regular season. Uh, Taylor Hotnicky was number 29, one spot behind Zach Wilson of the New York Jets, believe it or not. And Carson Wentz was number 33, as in dead last. Tay-Tay, number 29. Commander Carson, number 33, i.e., dead last. None of this is surprising. None of this requires much commentary, okay? We all get it. The commander's quarterback play this season, not good enough. Uh, Washington's quarterback play for years now, not good enough. But this really does make you laugh at the Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz debate slash discussion of this season. This was not exactly the San Francisco 49ers 30 years ago having to decide between Joe Montana and Steve Young, okay? Wins above replacement for Sports Info Solutions for the 2022 regular season. 33 qualified quarterbacks. Taylor Heineke, 29th. Carson Wentz, 33rd. Dead last. Uh, That, my friends, a not-so-surprising but still very sobering reality. Uh, Number one, in case you're curious, was Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, consider the hiatus app the Patrick Mahomes of financial management apps. Uh, Hiatus is a personal financial management app that allows you to take full control of your money. Hiatus creates a comprehensive view of your bills, utilities, and subscriptions. Hiatus monitors trends, watches for increases in your bills, and alerts you if any rate changes are coming. Also, you with Hiatus can gain access to hands-on money experts who can negotiate your bills down and provide you with financial advice. Uh, And you with Hiatus can create custom budgets. Hiatus is great. Do yourself a favor. Download the Hiatus app. You can do so right now from the App Store, from Google Play, or by going to hiatus.app. There's no cost to downloading the app. Download it and see what it can do for you. Again, download the Hiatus app from the App Store, from Google Play, or by going to hiatus.app. Hiatus. Money saving made easy. Well, one of the more intriguing aspects of the sale of the Commanders has been where does Amazon founder Jeff Bezos stand in the process? Uh, We last week had multiple reports that he did not submit a bid for the Commanders in the first round of bidding for the team. Uh, That first round had a deadline of shortly before Christmas. Now, him having not submitted a bid in that first round of bidding isn't necessarily significant. He may just be waiting to let the process develop further before joining it, uh, given that he can outbid just about anybody. But we have wondered what exactly is going on with Jeff Bezos, given that he owns the Washington Post, with which Commander's co-owner and co-CEO Dan Snyder has feuded for years. And of course, it was the Post that in July 2020 broke the news of the team's workplace misconduct scandal. Well, to whatever extent that Dan doesn't want to sell the team to Jeff, what if Jeff no longer owned the Washington Post. We on Monday morning had a very interesting report from the New York Post. Read the report, quote, Does Jeff Bezos love football more than he loves newspapers? That's a question getting tossed around the nation's capital as its NFL franchise hits the block. Chatter is growing that Amazon's billionaire founder is looking to clear the way for a purchase of the Washington Commander's by selling the Washington Post, 
with speculation boosted last month by leaked video of publisher Fred Ryan disclosing layoff plans at an unruly town hall meeting, end quote. Continues the report, quote, last week, Bezos stoked fears about looming layoffs at the Washington Post during an awkward visit to the newsroom. A source close to the situation said Bezos told the paper's senior staff in private meetings that he had no plans to sell the paper. Nevertheless, one logical suitor believes the Washington Post is for sale and plans to bid, a source with direct knowledge of the situation said, declining to name the suitor. A second source who buys and sells newspapers said he also has heard the paper might be up for grabs. I think Bezos's people could go to Dan and say as a gesture of goodwill, we are selling the paper, a source close to the situation said. I think that would go a long way with Dan, end quote. I'm very pleased to welcome to the Al Galdi podcast right now the man who is responsible for this story, uh, business journalist Josh Kosman of the New York Post. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Josh Kosman, and his last name is spelled K-O-S-M-A-N. Hey, Josh, how are you? I'm pretty good, Al. Uh, how are you? Doing well. I cannot express enough how much people in the D.C. area want Dan Snyder to sell the commanders. Any report or news item along those lines gets people pumped. I hope that you're aware of the excitement that your report generated on Monday. (laughs) Well, here in New York, although we're sort of a national paper, any story I write, and I've written a bunch about Jimmy Dolan and the, the, the increasing chances, though it hasn't started yet, that he could sell the Knicks that does have the same impact on New York. So I think I get it. <laughs> yeah, I think that you do. Uh, your report is that Jeff Bezos may be selling the Washington Post, not that he definitely is selling the Post. Uh, would you say that Jeff Bezos selling the Post is more likely than unlikely, or would you not go that far? Well, so this story is kind of connecting some dots based on some real evidence on the ground. So... So the first piece of evidence is I cover business for the New York Post and a dealmaker source who is directly, uh, has direct knowledge of someone in the media world who would be one of the 10 likely buyers for the Washington Post, told me on background that this person, who he wouldn't tell me exactly who he is, uh, but he said that this person is readying a bit for the Washington Post, believing it is for sale. It's a long-time source. I believe what he's telling me. and But, you know, his, the person he knows, who he's heard it from directly, believes the post is for sale. That does not mean it is for sale. I also reached out to an investment banker who buys and sells large newspaper companies. He said he has heard the same rumor. So clearly there is some feeling out there that if one made the right offer at the right price, and was the right kind of buyer that Bezos would listen. I don't think he's hired a banker. I don't think there's an auction. But I would say there seems to be a decent chance that he would listen to a credible offer. What would be the bigger reason for Jeff Bezos selling the Washington Post? Appeasing Dan Snyder or getting rid of something that's struggling financially? I think it's I think it's a nice combination of both of both you know it's a perfect storm kind of thing that could be happening right now. So on the one hand, the Washington Post he was a savior for the Post, buying it in 2013, and I think he can rightfully say that he saved the paper. 
Uh, but now it's becoming more of a liability. Uh, the, the News Guild union at the Washington Post is very angry at him, uh, just losing money. Um, and he's become pretty unpopular at the Washington Post. On top of that, um, he has tweeted some things in the last few years about political matters or limited taxation on corporations uh, to make it look like, whether he is or not, that he's trying to influence the Washington Post's coverage. Um, and that's been difficult for him. So I, I think that there is a lot of evidence and he's, he's also an admitted libertarian, which doesn't really line up with a lot of the Post coverage. Personally, I love the Washington Post, but it doesn't necessarily line up with all that the Washington Post does. So um, it, it wouldn't be a bad time to sell the Post. At the same time, Dan Snyder, the commander's owner, hates the Washington Post for doing such a good job exposing all you know the shenanigans going on there, maybe worse than shenanigans. I mean, sexual harassment and maybe worse is probably, and tax evasion is worse than shenanigans, in my view. So they've done such a good job exposing it that Snyder, it's well reported at this point that Snyder hates the Washington Post. So he probably won't sell to Bezos, even though Bezos has the most money to, to, to bid, unless Bezos makes some sort of gesture of goodwill. And from what I understand, uh, there are sources around the situation who think that if he goes to Dan Snyder or his banker and says, I don't think we're there yet, but says in two or three weeks, I have a buyer for the Washington Post. This is the deal. I'm selling the paper. Can I enter the auction? That, that Snyder might uh, accept that. That that might be something Snyder would feel that um, that, that, that perhaps uh, that, that sign of goodwill might be enough for him. Dan Snyder has feuded with the Washington Post for years, uh, going back to before Jeff Bezos bought the Post. Uh, it was, of course, the Post that in July 2020 broke the news of the team's workplace misconduct scandal and has since had a number of follow-up reports on the scandal. Uh, the belief is that Jeff Bezos wants to buy an NFL team, and so there are those who believe that he encouraged, or at the very least greenlit, the Post to go after Dan Snyder. You obviously work in the newspaper business. Is there any reason to believe that Jeff Bezos played an active role in the post going after Dan Snyder? Because it seems to me that that's not how newspapers work, but you're in the newspaper business, so you can tell me. <laughs> well, look, I don't know the answer. What I do know, as you do, for, for, for covering the commanders much more closely than me, that the minority owner, Snyder's minority owners basically hate him. And uh, there are court cases. So they would have reason to go to the Washington Post and expose all the things that they did. And they would have a lot of the evidence. Um, so, you know, I think it certainly would be true that someone at the top of the Post would have had to have green-lighted the idea of going hard after Snyder. It may have gone up to Bezos' level. It may have not. But I doubt it originated with Bezos. I mean, my, my feeling would be, without knowing, that the minority owners of, of the commanders, formerly the Redskins, were at such odds with Snyder, and I believe there were court cases, um, that, that I think Snyder had enough enemies, it doesn't need to be Bezos. Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post in 2013. You sort of hit on this earlier, but what kind of a job has he done with the Washington Post? A good job? A disappointing job? What would you say? I think it'd be something in between. 
So there, there is a case to be made that in 13, the Post was losing a lot of money, and he came in and stabilized it. So I think to say he was a savior is not understating it. But it's way behind the New York Times as far as circulation uh, online. Um, and that's really its nearest competitor. So, um, you know, it's got maybe 25% of the subscribers that the New York Times has. Um, that's not great. And it is losing money. Um, so I, I think it's, I would honestly say it's a mixed bag. Jeff Bezos in 2013 bought the Washington Post for $250 million. Is your sense that he would get more than that or less than that if he sold the Post now? I don't know. Probably because it's not actively for sale, someone would have to pay more than that. But, you know, Bezos is worth more than $100 billion. I, I think this isn't about, this part of it isn't about money. Um, of course, even for him, paying $7 billion for the commander's is a good chunk of change, even for him. Uh, but I think the Washington Post part of it, if he were selling, is more about, uh, he, he, he just said publicly, um, he doesn't love newspapers, he's not a newspaper guy, he came in, he did his job, he saved the Washington Post, and that it would be time to leave, if he could find an owner that he thinks would be a good steward for the paper. Um, you know, I also think and uh, that you know, he's probably looking to his right and seeing Elon Musk. And Elon, who, as you know, I'm sure you know, recently bought Twitter, um, has become a much more controversial figure, um, has laid off a lot of people, and has become almost a hated figure, at least in a lot of circles. And the result of that is he's selling a lot fewer Teslas. So Tesla's stock has tanked, partially because his public image has tanked. And I think Bezos cares about his public image, believes it's still generally positive, um, and doesn't like all these stories about the News Guild at the Washington Post challenging him. So um, he very well may be looking at Bezos and saying, only the Washington Post is becoming a liability, and what a perfect time to get out while the commanders are for sale. And also, I do know from pretty inside that for years, Bezos has made it clear he would like to own an NFL team, but only one of two teams, the command, where now the Commanders or the Seattle Seahawks. And what's interesting is that the Seattle Seahawks could be coming up for sale in the coming months or years. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that does make things interesting. So that leads me into this. And, you know, predicting this kind of thing is difficult to understand that. But does Jeff Bezos strike you as someone who would be good as an owner of an NFL team? he would care. Clearly, he loves football. So, um, I think it would be more than just a trophy asset for him. I think he, you know, he's, he's, um, I'm forgetting uh, his name. You'll know it off the top of your head, but his girlfriend, Lauren Sanchez, her former husband was a Hall of Famer with the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're always, the three of them are hanging out a lot. Um, I I certainly, yeah, I would think Bezos, he certainly has the money to, to invest in players. Um, I think he would care, and I doubt any of your, or few of your listeners would be offended by me saying that the commanders have, 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 have kind of not been under good stewardship in many ways for the last whatever number of years. So, yeah, I think he would probably be a pretty good owner. As in New York, Steve Cohen has been a good owner for the Mets. You know, for whatever he might have done with insider trading and might be as a human being, he clearly has a lot of money and cares about the team, and he's made the team much more competitive. 
And I, and I, I would have a feeling Bezos will do the same. Yeah, former Kansas City Chiefs tight end Tony Gonzalez was the person who you were thinking of there. Uh, final question for you. Uh, Jeff Bezos uh, pretty clearly did a pretty good job with Amazon. Uh, within the business world, what is particularly impressive about what he did with Amazon? Like, we all get that he turned Amazon into this colossal success, but what especially stands out about what he did with Amazon to people within the business world? Well, I think he had great, you know, and I wouldn't say this for every tech entrepreneur, but Bezos had really good vision. You know, and I think there's a lot of positive and negative things you could say about Bezos, but from a business perspective, um, he wasn't just happy or, you know, with owning a, uh, creating a online retailer of books. He always saw it as something much bigger. And now that he has turned it into food stores, uh, supermarkets, uh, that he is turning it into where he wants to do his own transportation, where he transports goods around the world. I mean, he's always looking ahead, and I would definitely give him credit for that. I think he has much more vision than most. I think he gets in his own way. Um, you know, his fights with unions, I, 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 I think they're short-sighted, not that I should have an opinion. You know, when you're making that kind of money, why are you having those kind of fights? Um, but as far as building his business, which has been struggling a bit in the last year or two, if you look at his stock price, but as far as running a business, he does have really good vision. And certainly, for example, recently entering the supermarket business in the last five years to challenge Walmart and to take that audience, that's that's pretty sharp. Certainly getting close to the NFL, as you know, you know they're broadcasting more sporting events, including NFL games. Um you know, the idea that you're going to do everything through Amazon, that's pretty smart. So he keeps building Amazon, and I think you, you got to give him credit for that. Yeah, no doubt. Business journalist Josh Kosman of the New York Post broke the big story of Jeff Bezos perhaps selling the Washington Post as an act of goodwill to Dan Snyder in order to buy the commanders from Dan. <laughs> you know, if you're not following this saga, what I just said may make no sense. But of course, if you're following this saga, as most of us are, then that makes perfect sense. Uh, Josh, great work. And thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Al. Appreciate it, too. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the Wizards on Tuesday night are beginning a stretch of five consecutive road games with a game at the Dallas Mavericks at 8.30. The Wizards on Tuesday night also are beginning the post-Rui Hachimura era. Uh, The Wizards and Rui, they are no more. Uh, What seemed inevitable now is official. The Wizards on Monday traded Rui Hachimura. Uh, Didn't even wait until the NBA trade deadline on February 9th at 3 p.m. Eastern. The Wizards on Monday evening announced having traded Rui Hachimura to the Los Angeles Lakers for Kendrick Nunn, a second-round pick in the 2023 NBA draft, and that pick is via the Chicago Bulls. Uh, The less favorable of second-round picks of the Wizards and Lakers in the 2028 NBA draft, and the Lakers' second-round pick in the 2029 NBA draft. Uh, You heard that right. The second-round picks are in the 2023, okay, 2028, and 2029 NBA drafts. Unless I'm mistaken, we're only in the year 2023. But anyway, uh, the Wizards trading Rui Hachimura, of course, not a surprise. Uh, Rui is said to be a restricted free agent this coming offseason. He is a talented guy, but he has been a very inconsistent player. And so paying him what it may well take to keep him did not make a lot of sense from the Wizards' perspective, especially when they do want to re-sign Kyle Kuzma. Uh, Kuzma can decline a $13 million player option and become an unrestricted free agent this summer, although the Kuzma situation is another ordeal because the Wizards appear as if they're not going to trade him and they are going to risk losing him this offseason. But with Rui, uh, the Athletic last Wednesday reported that the Wizards had, quote, begun trade discussions with multiple teams centered on, end quote, Rui. Uh, His final game with the Wizards ended up being the 138-118 win over the Orlando Magic at Capital One Arena this past Saturday night, what was a great game for Rui. Uh, He, in just 29 minutes, 59 seconds off the bench, had 30 points, five rebounds, two blocks, and a game-best time plus-minus rating of plus 20. But then came cryptic comments from Rui after the game. Uh, He, after the game, was asked if being traded by the Wizards was something that he wanted. His answer, quote, I don't know, end quote. He then got asked if he had requested a trade from the Wizards. His answer, quote, no comment, end quote. There did seem to be more to the Rui Hachimura situation than we knew. Remember, Rui missed a lot of games over his final two seasons with the Wizards. He missed the Wizards' first 39 games of the 2021-2022 regular season due to personal reasons and then being in the NBA's health and safety protocols. And Rui in this regular season missed 16 consecutive games due to right ankle soreness. Uh, A few things about the Wizards trading Rui Hachimura that uh, I find particularly bothersome as a Wizards fan. Uh, Number one, the Wizards for Rui Hachimura got back pennies on the dollar. The Wizards took Rui with the number nine pick in the 2019 
NBA draft. Yeah, Rui Hachimura was a top 10 pick, but he ended up being an inconsistent player, and he ultimately departs the Wizards via a trade in which they get back three second-round picks and a player in Kendrick Nunn who missed all of the 2021-2022 season due to a bone bruise in his right knee. Now, this trade may only be step one of a larger process. There may be more coming with the Wizards in terms of trades. The Wizards with this trade did generate a trade exception, and they do now have these three second-round picks as assets. But whatever the case, taking a guy with a number nine pick in an NBA draft, getting inconsistent play from that guy, and then trading that guy for pennies on the dollar. Uh, that is not what we call asset maximization, okay? Uh, the Wizards fired team president Ernie Grunfeld on April 2nd, 2019. Rui Hachimura was the first draft pick for the Wizards while being run by Tommy Shepard, who now is the team president and general manager. And Tommy did not get the Rui Hachimura pick right. And that leads me to a second thing about the Wizards trading Rui that's especially bothersome. What has happened with Rui is a continuation of underwhelming, if not failed, first round picks by the Wizards. Uh, Here are the Wizards' last five first round picks. 2018 NBA Draft The Wizards took Troy Brown Jr. with the number 15 pick. 2019 NBA Draft, the Wizards took Rui Hachimura with the number 9 pick. 2020 NBA Draft, the Wizards took Denny Avdia with the number 9 pick. 2021 NBA Draft, the Wizards took Corey Kispert with the number 15 pick. And 2022 NBA Draft, the Wizards took Johnny Davis with the number 10 pick. Uh, Not a single one of those guys is slash was what you would call a major hit. Denny Avdia is the best of the bunch, but, you know, he's not some like overwhelming success. He's a good player. He's a nice player. uh, But that's about the extent to which you can label him uh, being a hit. Uh, Corey Kispert is a rotational player. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. was a bust and got traded. The Johnny Davis pick right now looks terrible. Okay, now things can change, but right now that looks like a hideous pick. The guy has barely played for the Wizards this season. He has been relegated to the NBA G League for a good chunk of the season. And, you know, Johnny Davis isn't even doing that well in the G League. And Rui Hachimura now has been traded. And whereas the Troy Brown Jr. pick was by Ernie Grunfeld, who was really bad at NBA drafts, these last four first-round picks were by... Tommy Shepard, Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdia, Corey Kispert, and Johnny Davis all were selected by Tommy Shepard. Not good enough. As we speak right now, the Wizards are 20 and 26 and two games behind the Chicago Bulls for 10th in the Eastern Conference. 20 and 26 and two games behind the Bulls for 10th in the East. The Wizards, once again, are in play in tournament land. This is yet another disappointing season for the Wizards. The franchise has not had a 50-win regular season since the 1978-1979 regular season. The franchise has not advanced past the second round of the NBA playoffs since 1979. The Wizards keep blowing draft picks. The Wizards keep making trades. The Wizards keep giving max contracts to Bradley Beal. And the Wizards keep going nowhere. This is maddening.
at least the commanders have the hope of a new owner and the hope of playing in a league in which turnarounds can happen quickly. What hope truly is there for the Wizards? I have been a Bullet slash Wizards fan my entire life as a sports fan. I will never not be a Bullets slash Wizards fan. Uh, the name of the team, by the way, so should still be Bullets, but that's another conversation. But especially in a league in the NBA in which turnarounds are hard, the Wizards remain mired in mediocrity. And it really continues to feel like the team is going nowhere. You have heard me say that the middle is a road to nowhere. You in sports either want to be really bad or really good. Well, the Wizards for decades have been in the middle and they continue to go nowhere. Uh, Also, for the Wizards on Monday, some more bad news. Uh, The Wizards on Monday morning announced that Chris Dams Porzingis is week to week due to the sprained left ankle that he suffered in the third quarter of the Wizards' last game, that win over the Magic on Saturday night. So the Wizards could be with that Porzingis for a bit here. Well, it is hard to be super pumped right now if you are a Wizards fan, but if you are a Virginia Tech fan, Monday night was a good night. The Hokies snapped their seven-game losing streak with a 78-75 win over Duke at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia. Uh, Boy, did Tech need that win. The Hokies improved to 12-8 overall and 2-7 in the ACC. As you may know, Duke this season is not the Duke that we have come to know. Uh, the Blue Devils now are just 5-4 and four in the ACC, but whatever. The Hokies got the win. They did blow a 12-point first-half lead, but they made some big plays down the stretch. Uh, MJ Collins, tie-breaking jumper from just outside the paint for a 77-75 Hokies lead with 13.3 seconds left in the second half. Now, Collins did go just one of two on free throws with 3.9 seconds left, giving the Hokies a 78-75 lead as opposed to a 79-75 lead. But then Hunter Couture, a game-sealing steal of a Duke inbounds pass in the closing seconds. What a play by Couture. Uh, Tech won this game with offense. Uh, Tech scored 78 points, went 10 of 19 on threes and 18 of 30 on twos. Did go just uh, 12 of 19 on free throws. But Grant Basile, the graduate student transfer from Wright State, big game for him, 37 minutes as a starter, 1 of 2 on threes, 9 of 13 on twos, 3 of 4 on free throws. He finished with 24 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks, and 2 assists versus 3 turnovers. Sean Fadula, 39 minutes as a starter, 3 of 5 on threes, 1 of 3 on twos, 5 of 5 on free throws. He finished with 16 points, 5 assists versus 2 turnovers and 2 steals. And Hunter Couture, he in 40 minutes as a starter went 5 of 10 on threes, uh, 01 on free throws. He finished with 15 points and 2 steals in what was his third game back from a four-game absence caused by an elbow injury. Big win for the Hokies. This was their head coach, Mike Young, during his post-game press conference on Monday night. We, we score 78 in here. Um, made 10 threes. Hunter Couture looked like Hunter Couture again. He's been good. He was good at UVA. I can't play without him, fellas. Um, Padula had his best game by far in quite some time. He's, he's a floor general. Um, he had one bad shot in transition, but he played a good basketball game for us. Um, 
Basile was terrific. Maybe his best. You know, was awfully good in here against Dayton. Uh, he's having a good year for us, but he belonged on that floor and uh, asserted himself. Um, was aggressive. You know, took uh, took him into the post a couple of times and bang, bang, and got to the charge circle and got up over his left shoulder and and made uh, got a couple down. He was um, he was he was he was really good. Very proud of Grant. Yes, sir. Next up for Virginia Tech, home to Syracuse, Saturday night at 7. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday's show, episode 493. We'll have plenty for you on the Commanders. We'll also talk Capitals, Wizards, and Georgetown basketball. The Camps are at the Colorado Avalanche Tuesday night at 9. The Wiz are at the Dallas Mavericks Tuesday night at 8.30. And the Hoyas are home to DePaul Tuesday night at 7. And speaking of college basketball, how about... Wahoo! Uh, the latest Associated Press college basketball poll came out on Monday. Virginia up three spots to number seven. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. The damn Washington Wizards! The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com